0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougars go 17-plus on Santa Clara.
1: (laughs) Bishop Steve Cleveland and Dalton Nixon break it down. BYU's bench came up big against the Broncos. Is that sustainable? And is Dave Rose underappreciated?
0: And Kyle Collinsworth can now buy all the kale his heart desires. Let's go!
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and
0: Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, February 9th. What is good? I'm Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton. Just signed up for a P90X group on Friday mornings. So I'm joined by Iron Maiden's 17th biggest fan, Jason Shepard.
1: Yeah, uh, as soon as the show is over, I plan to run to the hills. That's a song that we like to play. We do. Mainly because uh, Jim Rome
0: would play it on Yeah, Jim show. Rome,
1: yes. And uh, I cannot find that segment uh, where he played <laughs> Iron Maiden's Run to the Hills like 70 times. Yeah. It was hilarious. I can't find it and, it. and it haunts me to this day. Yet we just keep playing. And. In the morning. Our producer, Ben Bagley, absolutely it. hates it. Oh. So we play
0: it all the time. Yeah, it's kind of weird that we play it out of spite. If I was Santa Clara, I would run to the hills, which brings us to today's headlines.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation
0: headlines. Oh, the Broncos. It's tough against the Cougars. Men's Hoops beat Santa Clara last night, 80-58. to The Cougars have won 15 of 16 against the Broncos in West Coast Conference play. Yoli Childs, what a game. 20 points, 10 rebounds. His 13th double-double of the season. Tomorrow, quick turnaround. Cougars take on San Francisco in an afternoon matinee for Eastern on BYU TV. You can listen on BYU radio pregame with Jason Shepherd at three.
1: The Dallas Mavericks, this is great news, by the way. Indeed. The Dallas Mavericks signed former Cougar Kyle Collinsworth to a three year contract yesterday. Now reportedly yes. the deal is guaranteed for the rest of this year with a two year option. At season's end. And by the way, Collinsworth and the Mavs were in action last night at Golden State. Uh, two points in a Dallas Mavericks loss for Kyle. But uh, great news that the the Mavericks have invested, fully invested, if you will, into Kyle Collinsworth.
0: The Mavs had to sign him or he was going to play in the G League or they could waive him. He could sign him with somebody else. But apparently what he did yeah. earned him. Not just uh, contract the rest of the season, but beyond, which well, is
1: great news for him. And we, and we, we had on uh, Chuck Cooperstein last week, and a lot of what the Dallas was waiting to do, because there was an open roster spot, they were waiting until the NBA trade deadline, which was yesterday, to see if they made any moves that would fill that spot. Once they did not fill that spot, that's when they said, okay, Kyle, it's yours.
0: Seth Curry was injured. That may have helped in this process, sure. too. So right, right place, right time. Well done, Kyle Collinsworth. Women's Hoops beat Santa Clara as well but on the road 55 to 34 to 34 Santa Clara shot 19%. What? That's terrible. Brennan Brennan Chase scored a career high 25. She was awesome. The Cougars are at San Francisco tomorrow 5 Eastern. You can catch that on the
1: w.tv. 19%. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Wow. Number seven men's volleyball beat UC San Diego in four sets last night. Brendan Sander had 15 kills, hit 419, and had a career high 11 digs. BYU takes on number 14 USC tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern time in Los Angeles in the conference opener. Now it's on. BYU's not getting that at-large bid, in my opinion. So
0: you got to win. You got to win the league uh, tournament. You want to get that one seed, get a bye. Rise and shout! It's time for what's trending.
2: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: 17 plus. One. The one the one time. More on that later in our N one picks. But last night was a late one as the Cougars hosted Santa Clara. A 905 tip. BYU won. That's the thing that happens a lot against Santa Clara. Brigham has beaten Claire. 15 to the last 16, as I mentioned. Last night was no different. A 22-point win. BYU dominates. Now the Cougars prepare for an early tip tomorrow. But before we get to that one, let's break down last night's game on
1: Twitter. What impressed you the most from last night's BYU win over Santa Clara? First tweet in from at USU Coug 11. It was great to see more bench production and four players in double figures. I'm also glad to see that Jerem's curse is lifted. <sighs>
0: not been lifted. It's not even really been there. It needs to
1: be, it needs to happen more than once. It's happened Anything more than once. Anything can happen
0: once. The first time we saw, we're not going into the history of 17 plus right now. We're going into what's the chance. Let's do it. BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the
2: chance? Running the floor, Yoli Childs. How about that hustle from Childs? I believe I can fly.
0: Woo! Thank you, Karan Butler, a.k.a. R. Kelly. What's the chances presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event? There's lots to break down in this game, so let's go. Number one, what's the chance the Santa Clara win plays a big role in the outcome
1: of the season, in your opinion? Uh, I'm going to say 75%, and here's why. BYU is trying to keep a couple of other teams away from them. BYU is trying to lock up, at least right now, that number three seed. You know, we'll see what happens into in getting to two. But right now, they have You're getting to two. What well, are you crazy? Well, just hey, is Gonzaga going to lose four more times? Hey. Until it happens, you can't say that it won't happen. It doesn't happen with Gonzaga. <laughs> but look, San Diego there was a big game last night. San Diego was on the road at Pepperdine. Pepperdine looked like they were gonna win that game.
0: Pepperdine stinks. They do and stink. 21. And
1: that's why it was like, wow, they're gonna beat San Diego. Mm. The Toreros ended up going on a on a really nice run. They took the lead. They hang on to win, I believe, by two. And so they kept pace one game behind BYU. So that was a, a big win for BYU to keep that one game cushion, especially knowing that you still have to travel to San Diego this month to take on the Toreros. So I, 75%, I think it was, a, it was actually a really big win.
0: 0%. BYU always beats Santa Claus. 15 of 16, they've lost once. They've never lost to him at
1: home. This has no bearing on anything. BYU is going to win this game. Wow. Number two, <laughs> what's the chance? T.J. Hawes scores in double figures in each of the last five games of the regular season. I'll go
0: uh, 60%. I think he's got a chance to uh, not score in singles and still be okay. He's scored in double figures in two of the last four, seven of the last 13. So it's been about half of the time. So I give him a over 50% chance to do that. I think he should be in double figures more, but there have been some games where uh, the ball hasn't dropped. But to his credit last night, five of five from two. One of six from three, and it was his first shot. I thought it would be a good night for
1: him. It didn't end up being a good night from distance. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the way I look at it. T.J. Hawes is averaging 12 points right now. Over the last nine games, he's averaging 14. His his offensive production is certainly coming along. Uh, I like to look at it. He's scored in double figures in seven of the last nine. Yeah, the four before, before that, he didn't. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> that I'm not worrying about those right now. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I would say... I wish it was averaging double figures because he's already doing that. Uh, scoring in double figures. Yeah, beating Texas Southern's nice, like, in scoring 20. Look, know, I do it I like the way TJ's playing right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll say 70% he does. Okay. I, I like what he's doing right now. Number three, what's the chance BYU's bench outperforms their Santa
0: Clara performance tomorrow against USF? Dave Rose was impressed last night.
3: I like
1: the fact that our bench really contributed in this win. That's part of the feel that I'm talking right. about because uh, –
3: you know we 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 didn't have a lot of bench help in in, in in you know last weekend and i think that's what we need to grow our team and, and and tonight we got some really good minutes from them
0: dave rose liked what he liked what he saw last night i believe it was 24 points 10 of 20 from the field we'll talk to one of those guys 10 rebounds
1: up. as well very
0: nice Dalton nixon will join us coming up he was one of those guys so what's the chance BYU's bench outperforms
1: santa, their santa clara performance tomorrow like twenty-four points is is pretty good. Dalton had twelve. You had a couple guys with five. Uh, I I would say this is a good opportunity again. BYU has success against San Francisco. Uh, this is a team that that they have beaten. It uh, Doesn't matter whether, whether it's in Provo or on the Hilltop. So I like BYU's chances. I I like the fact that these bench guys are starting to look a little bit more comfortable. So I I will say it's I don't know maybe. that they can surpass the 24 and 10?
0: I'll go 30%. I think Santa Clara is just a better matchup. BYU gets up. They can get the bench in. They can have more success. Santa Clara doesn't defend very well. USF's more of a matchup issue for BYU. This was a very close game on the hilltop, on the road. USF plays a style uh, that's a little more up-paced. They shoot threes. It's
1: just a tougher matchup, so I think it's a lower number. I really do. Number four. What's the chance Dave Rose and his success is undervalued?
0: This is an interesting question because Dave Rose is about to win 325 games on Saturday. Quite a milestone. He's about to hit 20 games for the 12th consecutive season every year. That's incredible. Um, for me, it's 0%. I... I understand the value of Dave Rose, especially in the regular season. What BYU's been able to do in the regular season has been tremendous. The the run in the Sweet Sixteen with Jimmer Fredette and the conference titles, those were tremendous. In the WCC, it's been a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Three NIT bids, three NCAA tournaments, still tremendous success. Uh, but from from me, zero percent. I
1: value Dave Rose. I think where he needs to be valued. He's a tremendous coach. Okay, you and I are on the same page. Zero percent. There's no way that you undervalue underappreciate what Coach Rose is doing. As you mentioned, a win tomorrow gives him another season, every season as head coach, with at least 20 victories. That is unbelievable and extremely hard to do. 325, quite a milestone that will be coming his way. When the worst worst season you've ever had still nets you 20-plus wins, you were doing something right. Now, let's acknowledge that 20 is not the same 20
0: that it used to be. 25 twi- is the number, and that's what Dave Rose is, averages. Though. Yes. Yeah. Well, 20, you play like five more games now, so that number has changed a little bit. Um, Dave Rose, tremendously successful. I fear that what happened with Bronco Mendenhall may happen with Dave Rose at some point with the fan base, which is this. Bronco Mendenhall had a nice run mm-hmm. in the early goings of his career. Uh, 10, 11, 11, 10 wins. You know, th- that that era from 06 to 09, there were three 11-year uh, wins, win years. Then, then it kind of went down to eight, and the fan base was like, did we peak? Can we not get back to that? Are we done with this guy? Those questions were asked. With Dave Rose, similarly early, conference championships, getting to the NCAA tournament, getting some wins. Since then, it's been tough. BYU hasn't won a game in the tourney since its first year in the West Coast Conference. BYU needs to get back to the tourney, one, and then BYU needs to win a game in the tourney again to get back to that level. BYU is still successful, but the standard is not to get to the NIT and take third in the league. Agreed. Internally. Agreed, That's what BYU is right now, uh, but I think BYU needs to take it to the next level. I don't don't know that this is the year. I think that next year BYU is building towards that when they get an influx of talent. A, A guy like Gavin Baxter off a mission could be starting at the four and have an impact. Also, yesterday, Spencer and I looked up the following. When BYU's won a game in the NCAA tournament since 1970, eight of the nine seasons, BYU had an NBA player on the roster. So if, if you don't have an NBA player on the roster, it's just, it's just harder to get to and win a game fine. in the NCAA tournament. Fine, done. BYU's just
1: going to go sign NBA players. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I it's as
1: simple as right?
0: I don't, I don't know if BYU has one on its roster. Maybe Yoli Childs, is, if he can develop a three-pointer. That's, that's your guy.
1: Look, here's the way I look at this. I don't know too many programs that can go 13 years without having one of those seasons where they fall uh, off yeah, the map. Not a single four and nine years. No, no, no. If you will. There has absolutely been zero, if we want to do a stat of the day, zero. Zero seasons where BYU has fallen off the map. Regardless of retooling with the uh, with the roster, you know, guys graduating, moving on, transfers, whatever the case. Every scenario that Coach Rose has had to deal with, regardless of it, he has been able to reach 20 wins. That is unbelievable. Yeah,
0: 20 will get you to the NIT. 25 plus will get you to the tourney in a lot of years. Um, but what do you think about the game last night against Santa Clara as we, we turn the page back to the game last night? Our Twitter question, what impressed you the most? From last night's you went over Santa Clara, let's go to Twitter. Kids. At 86 WI Cook, more balanced scoring with four players in double figures and 24 points off the bench. Plus, love HardNet's D on KJ Fagan. That is a tremendous uh, insight. KJ Fagan. Did not fare well against BYU in both games because of Josh Hardnett, And that is something that doesn't show up in the box score per se. You see Fagan's numbers, but you don't see the effort and uh, level of execution defensively that Josh Shearhardnett had.
1: Well, and that's that's one of the things he brings to this team. Hey, can I uh, can I, a little shameless uh, promotion here? Josh it's going to be my pregame guest. Oh, snap. My pregame interview guest tomorrow uh, on the uh, radio pregame. It went well for Dalton Nixon. You talked to him. It did, as a matter of fact. Josh Shear's playing really well. His offensive game has progressed as the season has gone on. He's always been a really good defender. And like you said last last night, what he did with Fagan was fantastic. Coming up, he led the Cougars in bench scoring last night. We just mentioned him. Dalton Nixon will join us in Studio B. But next, the coach, Bishop Steve Cleveland. What was more important, the bench
0: production or establishing a big three again? This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go,
2: the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: We're live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag
1: BYUSN to react. Men's Hoops hosting San Francisco tomorrow afternoon. One of the rare afternoon games. Following up a 9 o'clock Mountain Time tip with a 2 o'clock Mountain Time tip. Not bad. Again, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch that game on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Pre-game on radio will begin at 3 Eastern. Our Twitter question today. What impressed you the most from last night's BYU win over Santa
0: Clara? At... Kiki Dean, balanced scoring facilitated by great ball movement and unselfish play. That is what we will need to compete in the Gonzaga Invitational. Amen. And if Santa Clara can be all three games in that, BYU would win the championship. <laughs> can Can the bylaws be changed to yeah. make that happen? Well, let's ask the commissioner, Mark Few. Another guy who's in charge. <laughs> He's largely in charge. His name's Steve Cleveland. He's a bishop now, so we'll call him Bishop Cleveland. On the Deseret First right. Credit Union hotline. What's up, Steve?
3: How are you doing, guys?
0: Good. What stresses you out more, bad defense or your calling as a bishop?
3: <laughs> mm. I don't think I can answer that on the air. <laughs> uh, it's all good everywhere. And uh, when we know that the defense can change, and uh, it's a great privilege to work with young people. So uh, we're going we're gonna to try it and do it for a few years and enjoy the experience.
0: I wish there were singles, wards, single ward basketball, and then you could coach
1: Your award? I think that'd be pretty awesome.
3: We can do that. We can do that.
1: (laughs) We were talking about uh, earlier in the program, Just when BYU takes on Santa Clara, good things usually happen for the Cougars. Why are the Broncos such a good matchup for BYU? You
3: know, it's interesting. I think, first of all, recruiting is a big, big key here. And it's a circumstance that... uh, in WCC play, for instance, this year, Santa Clara is averaging 60 points a game. They're just shooting around 41% field goal, 30% three-point, 69% free throw, only 27 rebounds per game. Herth Sandeck is a great coach. He is coached at NC State. He's coached at Arizona State. He's a really, really good coach, very detailed. But the recruiting, the next level for them, I mean, Jared Brownridge had a big game against BYU, and they, and they won one game, I think, out of the last 15 or 16 but I, I think it's, there's a talent difference. I think the coaches is good, are, have been there and they good programs. But you, you've got to have players. And I think recruiting-wise, for them to get the next level in the WCC, they have got to get more talented players, maybe get more transfers. But they've got to make a change because right now they're, they're not as competitive as they want to be in this league. It's not that they're not coached. They're very well coached. They work hard, play hard, but not good enough in this league to finish in the top half.
0: The Steve Nashes of the world aren't coming through Santa Clara as often as they need it. That's, for sure. Uh, that's bench, for sure. Bench production was big for BYU last night, 24 points and 10 rebounds. Do you think that's something that could continue for BYU or was this an anomaly against Santa Clara?
3: Well, I, I, I think part of it was maybe the competition, but I like the way Dalton Dixon the girl Nixon is playing 12, five and two in 15 minutes. That's a really productive stat line in very few minutes. Uh, Peyton Dastrup, five, five points and three rebounds in ten minutes. You know, Zach's now coming off the bench, so that should improve the scoring a little bit. But, no, I, I really believe that the development of Dalton and him getting healthy, and Dastro continuing to get better and make a commitment at the defensive end, those two can really impact games. And really, you know, every game's important here, and, and you're trying to win every game. But regardless of that, the most important thing that's going to take place is going to be the end of February and early March. And what, what, what gives us our best chance to win? What gives BYU its best chance to win that tournament? And I think when Dalton Nixon and Peyton Dastrup are playing well with size, ability to score, high IQ, uh, especially with Dalton who just he competes every possession, they're, they'd be a, they're a better team. They're a better team when those two are playing well.
1: You just mentioned size, and the last two games, BYU has gone with the bigger lineup with Luke Worthington starting and then Zach Selyus coming off the bench. What do you like about the Cougars going with the big lineup?
3: Well, I think Worthington really got some confidence, and, and he had some open looks at Gonzaga because they were doubling Yoli and so forth, but he had 16 points in that game. I like it because they're better defensively, they're a better rebounding team, you get extra shots. Uh, the, the Pace and pace, all of those things are good. But, I, you know, BYU has been up and down in terms of shooting the ball. Zach Selye plays hard, competes, but, he, you know, he hasn't been the three-point shooter that he probably would like to be or the coaches like him to be. And so when you put a smaller and not as good a defender out there and that's not making baskets, you're better off going big. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, to beat St. Mary's, to beat Gonzaga, they're going to have to be big. And they're going to have to rebound, and they prove it. Every time they play those teams, they can take them right to the wire. We're talking just about a few possessions. I like a big lineup right now at this time of the year. Uh, The most important games are against Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Those are big games, and going big is not going to hurt them when they play other teams like San Diego or San Francisco, whoever they might match up with in their first round of the tournament.
0: Steve Cleveland, former BYU head coach, now BYU TV analyst, is on BYU Sports Nation. So do you feel like BYU will go go less – less uh, Zach Selyus and more Peyton Dastrup-Dalton-Nixon direction? Is that what you're saying?
3: Well, I, what I think, I, no, I think Zach Selyus is going to continue to play a role because he just has the ability to change a game if he can get hot. But right now, Dalton-Nixon fills the stat line. I mean, he's doing more than just scoring. He's rebounding, he's assisting, and he does things that don't even show up on the stat sheet, like how he fronts and defends and how he digs down on a post player. He does a lot of things that don't even show up. And, and, and Peyton Dastrup is, is relaxed enough now where he can, he can make baskets. He still needs to continue to work on his aggression level and his ability to defend. But he is 6'9". And, and, and you know, you can't teach size. I mean, the, the nice thing is you can get an extra rebound, extra possession. You can contest shots. So I, I think there's a benefit. For it. It's not to say they're not going to go small at times. That, this coaching staff has a lot of experience. And when it's suitable to go small, they'll do so. And, you know, you've got three really, really outstanding offensive players in Yoli Childs, Elijah Bryant, and T.J. Haas. I mean, they, they can all score and, and, and at any time in a ball game. And so they don't need these other guys to do a lot of scoring. They can, they can carry that load. And T.J.'s getting his confidence back. You can see that just at the right time at the end of the year.
0: Payne Dastrip's an interesting case because offensively you see him make a three, and then the question comes up from a lot of people: okay, why doesn't he played more? Play more? He's played eleven minutes in just one game this, uh, you know, January to now. What is it that maybe he needs to do a little bit better to earn some more playing time?
3: Well, I think he has really made some significant improvements. No, no question about his understanding of how the game's going to be played, and uh, so there is some. There's more maturity. But his aggression level, his competitiveness, you, you, it's got to be every possession. You can't take possessions off. And sometimes Peyton will kind of float a little bit. Defensively, he's going to be guarding bigs. He's got to play big. He, he's got to get guys off the block and make them shoot over them and through him. And, and that takes a real intensity. Whereas that comes really natural to Dalton Nixon, even though he's undersized a little bit. That, that's where Peyton Dashwood gets to the next level, is he becomes an, a really intense, competitive defender, and a rebounder, and not you know, in, in settings when they're up 20, but in games and times that it really counts.
1: Coach, uh, when tomorrow would give BYU 20 wins on the season? Dave Rose has won at least 20 games every season he has been the coach here in Provo. Can you put into perspective and explain just how hard that type of consistency is?
3: Well, it's hard to win it, any games in that level, but the fact that what he's done is incredible, and uh, it, it, you don't do it by yourself, and he'd be the first to tell you if he was on the show today. And no head coach does it by themselves. I think the continuity over the years of the staff and a program and an administration and fans and students, just been, there's been that continuity and that consistency which lends itself to not having up-and-down seasons. I think that BYU has played at an elite level. I mean, really—they've really, they've won pretty much close to 25 games a year, and and so the 20, i don't, you know, I don't think the 20 games is as significant as it used to be when you're playing 35 or 37, 38 games. So you look at it percentage-wise, but that number still sticks out. The fact is, Dave Rose and BYU have been more around that 25 games winning winning games, and and that's at an elite level, and he's done it year in and year out. So 20 is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But at at the end of the day, they do play a lot more games than they used to back 20 years ago. But that that 25, that number, the number of times they've been to the tournament, all the things that they've done, uh, Coach Rose and his staff and everybody involved in that program, it, it's been really good. And uh, and I think I think they're really close right now to to being who they want to be in in this conference as well. And it's been hard, you know, it's hard. Uh, but Gonzaga and St. Mary's have been elite teams for a long time in this conference, and I think BYU's on the cusp of breaking through there, and, and, and maybe there'll be a little bit of switching in terms of who, who's controlling this league. I could, I could really easily see BYU and Gonzaga over time having a huge rivalry, as they do, and, and be competing for championships. In
0: 1997, when you were hired, you plucked the Dixie head coach, which was Dave Rose, what did you see in him that made you want to bring him to your BYU staff?
3: You know, uh, he's he's a great competitor, and and I didn't I wasn't close friends with him. Uh, I'd been to his tournament with our team in Fresno. We both had you know nationally ranked teams. Uh, we went to St. George. I met him. Uh, John Wardenburg was someone I had met before who was one of his assistants. But I, I spent a couple hours with him in Salt Lake after I'd gotten the job, and and I just knew that. He had that competitiveness. He obviously had the understanding. He had a pedigree. He he uh, he had all those things. But I, I just loved his intensity and his competitiveness to to be successful. Great relationships with his guys, and uh, and it was, it was perfect for us. We lived together for five or six months as we kind of started this whole process. And uh, you know what? Together, he and and a lot of other assistant coaches. and Like I said, it's just not one person, but. Uh, he's continued to have a wonderful organization there, and they've played at a very high level. And I know what his expectations are, and he, he wants more from this team. He wants more from this program. And we've seen some of those subtle changes that he's made, and I think that's uh, the mark of an outstanding coach. Well,
0: Steve, we appreciate the time. Good luck with your ward this week. Uh, make sure you have all the talks assigned and
3: ready to go, okay? <laughs> I'll do that, guys. All right, have a good Thanks, weekend. Thanks, Steve.
0: That's Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Uh, Dave Rose, plucked from Dixie. Nicely done, Steve Cleveland. Yeah, certainly has, uh, has an eye for talent. and, and it worked and, out quite well. And as they, they lived with each other for five or six months as they
1: got things figured out. That's fun. Roomies. Roommates. Roomies. Coming up, I'm excited. I get to participate in uh, and one. How about this? Maybe I can catch up to Jeremy. You
0: probably will. But next up, Dalton Nixon stuffing the stat sheet. Last night, is he feeling back to normal? What does this mean for the team? Yo, what up? It's a Friday. Let's go. Jerem and Jason in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere on BYUSN.com or download the podcast.
1: Yeah, let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops beat Santa Clara
0: last night 80-58. to The Cougars take on San Francisco tomorrow in the Marriott Center at 4 p.m.
1: Eastern time. Watch the game on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio. Dallas Mavericks signed former Cougar Kyle Collinsworth to a three-year contract. Reportedly, the deal is guaranteed for the rest of this year with a two-year option at season's end.
0: Women's soup speed Santa Clara as well on the road, 55-34. Yep, 34. I said that correctly. <laughs> Holding the Broncos to 19% shooting. I think I could shoot 19% left-handed. Brenna Chase scored a career-high 25. I want to see you shoot left-handed. I, that looked a, ridiculous. For a whole look, year, I shot left-handed exclusively. I got the yips like 10 years ago, and I just shot left-handed.
1: Really? I wasn't that good. <laughs> I shot did. 19%. All right. <laughs> Number seven, men's volleyball beat UC San Diego in four sets last night on the road. Brendan Sander, 15 kills. He hit four nineteen and had a career-high 11 digs.
0: That was the first for Brendan Sander, and there was a first last night for BYU Hoops. Hard net between the
1: circles. Nixon,
0: angle left, he shoots a three and scores it. That's his first three of the season. That man is Dalton Nixon and he is in studio now. Dalton, welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
4: Thanks guys, good to be here.
0: You hit a three. Last night. You, it's a, you, it's you about time. Like you're like a good <laughs> three-point shooter, and you finally got one. Yeah,
4: I mean, I, I've just grown up always shooting the three ball, but uh, it's taken me a while this season, but finally got it.
1: Yeah, that's your game. You're, you're like a pick-and-pop guy.
4: Yeah, I mean, stretch the floor, pick-and-pop, be able to shoot the ball. That's something that I've always done. And so, like I said, it just felt so good to see it go through the net.
0: Last night was a really nice game for you, 12 points and five rebounds, a couple of steals, assists. Why was last night so successful for you?
4: Um, I think, I mean, I didn't really try to do anything different as far as my approach to the game, but I just kind of let the game come to me and find myself in opportunities to, you know, pass the ball well, be in position to rebound, and then have guys find me in open spots to knock down shots.
1: After having lost two in a row, how nice did last night feel? Not just that, that you guys won the game, but... Everybody played well, and the ball was moving, defense was good. That had to be a pretty good
4: feeling. It felt so good. Um, we've been talking about it all week, and we've just really been so excited to play another game to get that, you know, that bad taste out of our mouth of last week and just go back to what we do. And that's what we did last night, and everyone brought it and um, had success.
1: You and I were talking um, – this is like all Dalton Nixon all the time. You were my pregame interview yesterday on radio. You were postgame interview on radio. Now you're doing BYU Sports Nation, but we were talking, <laughs> it really is all Dalton all the time. The real MVP. Yeah. Uh, but we were talking uh, during pregame uh, about the ability to turn the page and just how this team is wired that way and how that breeds more success because even in a disappointing week, you guys were able to put it behind you. And, and you proved it last night once again.
4: Definitely. I think that's a, a big focus that we've had, um, especially after seeing what happened last week, is that we just need to focus on getting better every day, focus on the next game in front of us. And so that's what we did. We came into the gym on Monday and just focused on getting better that day, Focus on Santa Clara. And now it's let's get better today and let's focus on San Francisco tomorrow.
0: How much do you flush that out yourself? Because uh, you try and create a collective good attitude as a group, right? Like you lost to LMU. That was, I know that was really disappointing. And then Gonzaga, I thought you guys competed really well. You got a shot at the end, but you, you played much better. So on Monday when you show up do you, with the team, is it like, okay, coaches, I, I need the motivation? Or do you guys show up like, okay, I've taken care of what I need to take care of internally?
4: Definitely. I think each of us are motivated personally to add something more to the team and just build each day. And so we really did think that we, uh, we did a good job at Gonzaga, um, especially in the second half. Being able to compete and gain some confidence from that, and so I think a game like this, we just we build on what we just accomplished and then try and get better.
0: I I know you always want to win, but I felt like after that game, it's like, all right, good job, guys, you got one on your home court. I don't know how you felt, <laughs> but like, okay, now it's three of four, big deal. Yeah, yeah definitely.
4: <laughs> um, you know, they're they're a really good team. They're well coached, and so um, we just weren't able to pull it out that that night. But we uh, um, look forward to playing them again here in a couple weeks.
1: You just mentioned how well you guys played in that second half at Gonzaga. And, and really, if you look at this team, you guys are a really good second-half team. Why do you think that is?
4: Um, I think we're really able to make adjustments well and uh, really just lock in. And I think when we come out in the second half, we just we look at each other and, and come together and say, you know, we're going to give it all for these next 20 minutes.
0: Both of your parents are basketball junkies and coaches. So who's, who's the – kind of the more vocal coach with you is it is it kevin who people know or your mom stephanie
4: it's definitely my mom stephanie um my dad was an assistant coach for me in high school and his personality is more like laid back and kind of just here and there um
0: just shoot it just shoot it from 75 (laughs) it'll go in right
4: Um, but my mom is is very fired up and uh that's kind of the attitude of my littlest sister sadie who she has coached at Pleasant Grove. And so I definitely heard a lot more from my mom than my dad.
0: Like, your mom seems like the the feisty, ball hungry point guard. Is definitely. That, like, the position Definitely. Like, like, <laughs> it, like, you can see a personality, you know, like, oh, yeah. hey, I'm going to, let's go. Definitely. The motivator, the high fiver. Definitely. The, it's, yeah. it's
4: the clapping, the foot stomping out there on the court. That's what
1: she does. <laughs> is there family, is there Nixon family basketball games that happen? And how crazy can those get?
4: It gets pretty crazy, and I'll tell you what, it's even more crazy with my mom's side of the family. The, the Henry side, um, she has three brothers that played college basketball at uh, Weaver State and Idaho State, and they're all big guys. And so, Wait,
0: wait, wait. Is, Dan, wait. is Dan Henry one of yes. them? Yes. What? Yeah. Dan Henry is like your uncle?
4: Yes, Dan's I, my uncle. Oh,
0: Dan Henry. Like, when, I, when I was in high school, he was at Mountain View, yeah. Crushing Fools. But yeah. but Copper Hills beat him in the tournament. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I didn't know Dan Henry was your uncle. Yeah, hey, and that explains a lot.
4: That yeah. So we, <laughs> when we get all together, um, we we have some some pretty serious competition.
0: That is awesome. Dalton Nixon's in studio on b o e Sports Nation. Now you look ahead and you have um, San Francisco. Uh, you you played him once. You didn't play in that game, right? I think no. you were resting yep. uh, your foot. By the way, how is how is your foot? How are you feeling?
4: The foot feels great. Um, I haven't had any problems with it coming back and. I've um, really just tried to have confidence in, in the time that I healed, and um, it's been great to me, and just trying to get my body back in shape has been has been great.
0: So what do you think of San Francisco? You, you got to observe them almost like a coach in the first game. Now it's round two.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, we had a really good end of the second half at their place, and so we really just want to focus on uh, getting back to what we do. And uh, I think at this, at this point in the season, it's just the most important thing to focus on doing what we do well. And uh, we, we see a lot of success when we focus on,
1: on that. So do you, do you have to maximize the time? Because you guys had a, had a really late game last night. Then you get one of the rare afternoon games on Saturday. You, you're trying to cram a lot into kind of a short period of time.
4: Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, it helps being able to have played them before. And uh, we know them pretty well. And so it's just getting back into the, to the gym today, uh, get better, and get on San Francisco, and then we'll be ready to go tomorrow.
0: How long does it take you after a game to, like, come down from the adrenaline of that and actually fall asleep? Because it, <laughs> it's, it's like 11 o'clock when that game ends. You know, Greg and Mark have some questions for you on the postgame. Then you go home. You probably maybe even want something to eat, you know, or whatever.
4: Yeah. How, how long does it take? No, especially for those late games, it's tough. But, I mean, usually when you just have a 7 o'clock game, I think you get back. midnight. Midnight's a good time. But um, it does take a little bit of time to, to get back down off of that high from that win.
1: What? And, and then you got to come in here the next day. Yeah, yeah. You get at the late night, and then we wake you up to, to come in to do BYU. <laughs> it Sports. is ten thirty nine. Come on. Hey, he twelve points on five of six shooting last night. All right, he earned to be able to sleep <laughs> in. Okay. What is a typical day for you? I mean, like, what, what's your regiment throughout the days you get ready for a game?
4: Um, usually, have class in the morning. Um, my classes will all be done at around eleven o'clock, and then we get into the gym and and do our pregame shoot around. And then it's really just uh, getting off my feet, um, just really focusing on the game plan, and then get back in here um, at the Merritt Center 5, 5.30, and uh, put your jersey on, get your shoes tied, and then get out there on the court and let's go.
1: A couple power naps maybe?
4: Yeah, definitely. Power naps yeah, are luck. crucial.
0: Jason loves a good power nap. <laughs> well, Dalton, uh, we appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow. Nice job last night, and uh, we'll see you in the Merritt Center. Thanks, guys. Dalton Nixon in B- on BYU Sports Nation, 4 Eastern tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our Twitter question, what impressed you the most from last night's BYU win over Santa Clara? We got a tweet in uh, from at Shea Lawrence C. Unselfish play overall, and Dalton Nixon was great off the bench. He needs more minutes. We're a better team with him on the floor.
1: A little smile, yeah. (laughs) Hey, played well last night. There's no question about that. It was fun to watch. Coming up, it is a ball weekend for everyone. No, seriously, almost every team is in action this weekend.
0: Plus our and one picks. Thank you, Ryland (laughs) Bergerson. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of
0: BYU fans everywhere. He is Jason Shepard. I am Jim Jordan, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. If you miss the show at noon Eastern, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on
1: BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Afternoon BYU hoops tomorrow. The Cougars and the Dons from the Marriott Center, 4 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch on BYU TV, listen on BYU radio. I will have radio pregame beginning at 3 Eastern. The reason
0: that game is early is just so we can all watch St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Tomorrow night. Can't wait for that one. I want St. Mary's to beat Gonzaga so that it's just clearly Gonzaga in the semis, which is a better matchup for BYU.
1: I don't want anything to do with St. Mary's. Is it
0: possible for both to lose this game? Uh, No. Our Twitter question, what impressed you the most from last night's BYU win over Santa Clara? At CL underscore living, BYU hoops had 10 plus uh, points at halftime. Was up 10 plus. Mm -hmm. Bergeson scores to finish the game. Are you guys good or what? That sets up our and one picks. Picks. predictions, and one
2: on BYU Sports Nation.
0: I don't vibe that that legitimate. I think you made that So That's my other fake account that I use on Cougar. Just so that you I can use, brag. I use that name on Cougar board. So. <laughs> Our N1 picks. I'll start. My two-pointer. BYU by 17 plus. The line was 16 and a half. Your boy was right. Swish! BYU by 22. Yep, a whole lot of that. And my one-pointer. My N1, if you will. Ryland Berg. Yeah! Thank you, Crow Butler. Ryland Bergerson or Evan Troy will score. My boy Ryland Bergerson gets in the game <laughs> with the final bucket. and not only does it helped me with my N1 pick, it gets BYU to 80. That's a free Sonic medium drink. Dalton Nixon just told us that Evan Troy's new nickname, or sorry, Ryland Bergerson's name on the team is Sonic because he's gotten <laughs> so BYU to great. 80
1: twice in two home games. I, I, I wanted to know if he knew why everybody was so happy when he scored those two <laughs> buckets.
0: They just love him.
1: They love him.
0: Like, they love me. Okay, Spencer's picks. BYU will lead by 10 at halftime. 10 plus. Swish! Got it. They led by exactly 10. Thanks for that. And KJ. Oh, oh and the N1 pick. Swish! He got it! KJ Fagan will score 16 or less, averaging 17 and a half. Fagan with 11. Josh Eer hardnet did a really nice show. He did. So updated standings. All right. 20 points for Spencer, 13 for me. I get three points, but don't make a move. Thanks for that. That was great. And then Jason has three points. Okay. He's way behind. All right, here's
1: the deal. Here's the deal. Can we just not include me in these standings? I well, I I didn't no. want to, but the, someone Look, wrote him in there. Here's the deal. I only participate on the shows that I'm doing, so I'm not. Consistently making picks to be able to compete with you. So, these standings of 20, 13, fault. and then three, it makes me look like an idiot.
0: Some things can't be undone. Well, there is an executive decision here. <laughs> what is it, Ben?
2: Well, seeing this is, Jason, your fourth appearance, mm-hmm. and you've got three points, you need to keep up your average of one point per appearance okay. on and one, or you do look like said idiot.
0: <laughs> then you
1: I get, said it. Then I get relegated. Yeah.
0: Okay, today's picks. Spencer, his two-pointer, BYU will shoot 75% or better from the free throw line as a team. The Cougars shoot 74%. And his and one pick. Give me some of that. And yeah. one.
1: Yes. BYU will force 14 plus turnovers. Okay. What are your picks? Okay. Uh, my two-pointer, Yoli and Eli will combine for at least 40 points. Okay. At least 40. So they their average. My and one. Huh? Whistle? You're not giving me the whistle? And one. Come on. BYU's bench will score 20+. plus. Oh, okay. Yes. That's a bold one, Brian Logan. I'm liking it. You're okay. going to have to have the whistle for yours, too, because I didn't bring yeah. my whistle
0: today. Yeah, you had one upstairs. I asked you to go get it.
1: Uh, the two-pointer. BYU will
0: make six plus three-pointers. BYU made five on the hilltop. Okay, six plus. And one. We've gone so long, the music ended. And BYU will out-rebound USF by seven plus. The Cougars... I rebounded USF by 6. So I see that and I raise it one. Those are our one and one picks. I'm behind by 7 and then Jason's behind by 10 points. Our Twitter question. Not really though. What impressed you? <laughs> what impressed you the most from last night's BYU you went over Santa Clara? Let's go to Twitter.
2: We tweet, tweet.
0: At our Green Ha. I was going to say at our Green Ha. The amount of assists. It was nice to see us moving the ball around and getting good shots. Off because of an extra pass, Don Nixon told us uh, off the air that Santa Clara really likes to hedge hard with two guys on the ball. So BYU has adjusted and is dumping off, uh, you know, underneath with eight assists from Ellie yeah. Childs the first time, five assists last night. It's just a good matchup. They don't defend BYU at a level that's really competitive. Jaron Brownridge is not walking through that door, <laughs> so BYU wins well, that game.
1: How many times did we see a really nice pass to a wide open? Yoli Childs underneath yeah. the, the basket for either a layup or, dunk or a dunk it. or Luke Worthington. I mean, it was it was it was spot on. The passing was great. The ball movement was excellent, and it's hopefully, you know, it's something that we we see continuing.
0: Absolutely, keep uh, using the hashtag BYUSN to send in tweets, and we will continue to read those. As BYU beat Santa Clara. They play San Francisco tomorrow uh, at four Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I see BYU winning. Tomorrow's game. I don't see this as a, I, I. think San Francisco is more of a challenge than San Diego or uh, Santa Clara, but BYU's going to win that game. Then it gets tough at at Pepperdine. BYU should win, but that's a place where BYU's lost four in a row. It's just it's tough to win there for some reason. I see BYU winning that. And then San Diego will tell us a lot about this team
1: on the road. It's a huge it's a huge game, especially now depending on what happens with the Toreros between now and that matchup. Right now, they're a game behind BYU. BYU's in third, they're in fourth. So, yeah, it's a really important thing to keep that cushion against San Diego. And then, obviously, when you have the head-to-head matchup, beat them. But, you know, the other part is BYU's home schedule is wrapping up. BYU's got a lot of, of road games, two, two home games left. coming up, so taking advantage of these games at home is a really big deal, knowing that the majority of your games between now and Vegas are away from Provo.
0: And all of this is a build-up to try and make a run in Vegas, and then if you don't, you're in the NIT, and maybe you have more home games, game or games, but BYU needs to take care of business Saturday. Go beat Pepperdine next Thursday. By the way, BYU TV doing both of those games. Uh, Spencer Linton on the call with Blaine. Uh... The game at San Diego is going to tell us if this, a little bit more if this team is ready to go in Vegas. Because then you go to Portland, and then you host Gonzaga in the home finale, which is a nice way to end the regular season.
1: Look, it's like you said, it's all about preparing yourself, putting yourself in the best position possible for those three days in Las Vegas at the tournament. Yeah, That's what this is all about, getting ready for Vegas.
0: And I'm excited to watch St. Mary's Gonzaga. I'll be honest, tomorrow... Uh, I think the Gales need to win, and then BYU just knows, okay, we're matching up with Gonzaga
1: in the semis should BYU get through the quarterfinal. I love the fact. Go, go Kangaroos. <laughs> I love the fact that, that St. Mary's won that game, and now Gonzaga is looking. It, that, I think that just ups. Gonzaga can instance. win that, tie it, yep. and
0: then it's going to go to RPI, and St. Mary's will win
1: that, That's assuming right. they win out. Yep. Coming up, Kyle Collinsworth gets a new deal with the Mavericks. And whose tweet is the elite of the elite? This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most.
0: Thank you to our guests today, Steve Cleveland and Dalton Nixon. Coming up next week, Mark Durant, new running backs coach, A.J. AJ Stewart, and much more.
1: We're going to talk lots of uh, St. Louis Cardinals. like Not like on the show, but A.J. Stewart from St. Louis, Cardinals fan. Cardinals oh, yeah, fan. yeah. I was like, we're going gonna, like, gonna to bond over St. Louis Cardinals baseball. when we. I was like, this BYU to Sports top. Nation, bro. Like I'm not saying on the show. Sports Nation. Just saying, in general. Okay. If you missed any of today's show, A.J. Stewart was not on the show today. Uh, he you can down, He will be t- next week, though. You can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. In the meantime, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Men's basketball. The Cougars beat Santa Clara last night, 80-58. The Cougars take on San Francisco plus. tomorrow in the Marriott Center, 4 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio, radio pregame at 3 Eastern.
0: Cougars in the association. We can say this, like not kind of in the G League, no, no, no. the Dallas Mavericks signed former Cougar Kyle Collinsworth to a three-year contract. Collinsworth scored two points in last night's loss at Golden State. Congrats to Kyle.
1: Football. BYU ranks 78th in the 2018 SNP projections from SB Nation's Bill Connolly. The SP rankings are a mix of three factors, recent history, returning production, and recruiting. Women's basketball.
0: Hopefully, uh, BYU is better than 78th, huh? BYU defeated Santa Clara on the road, 55-34. Brennan Chase scored a career high 25. The Cougars are at San Francisco tomorrow at 5
1: Eastern on the WTV. Volleyball. Number seven men's volleyball beat UC San Diego on the road last night in four sets. BYU takes on number fourteen USC tomorrow night in LA at 10 Eastern.
0: And women's head coach Heather Olmstead announces the promotion of David Hyde to the position of associate head coach. Hyde has been with the Cougars for four seasons. Track
1: and field. Men's and women's track and field are competing in two different meets this weekend. Part of the team is in Iowa today and tomorrow to compete in the Iowa State Classic. Another part heads to Idaho compete in the Bronco Challenge tomorrow. Softball. Bronco? Bronco,
0: is that you? 19th-ranked BYU split yesterday in the season uh, opening day. A 10-1 run rule win over the fighting Tanner McKees of Stanford and a 2-1 loss to Western Michigan at the Kajikawa Classic. I believe they're in action today again.
1: Cougars in the PGA. PGA. Currently in the second round of the AT&T Pro, Zach Blair is tied for 38 at 300 par through 3. Daniel Summerhays is tied for 56 at 200 par through 3. Mike Weir tied for 149 at 5 over par. Rugby. Men's rugby defeated Colorado
0: 111 to 9 yesterday. That's just me. And the women's team plays
1: tomorrow at Dixie at 3 Eastern. Lacrosse. Ranked fourth in the Men's Collegiate Lacrosse Association preseason poll. BYU opens the season tomorrow against UNLV at home.
0: I want to mention that softball is playing today again. They play Nebraska at uh, 415 Eastern. They play 25th ranked Georgia. And they play Oregon State tomorrow. So, they are busy. Today's Rise and shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com.
1: Who gets the rise and Dude, it's got to be the triple-double king, Kyle Collinsworth. Kyle, don't call
0: him me. Collinsworth, Collinsworth. Yeah! That's right, Karan Butler. We can finally hear you. <laughs> and congratulations on your retirement. We didn't, no one knew you weren't retired, but we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, last night, they gave him on the broadcast, uh, Cosmo and uh, some cheerleaders gave him a cake. And a walker. And a walker. So, that's insensitive, but (laughs) funny. (laughs) Love it. Our Twitter question today, what impressed you the most from last night's BYU win over Santa Clara at Away Cougs? Not really impressed. Everything they did was expected, other than the amazing reverse by the Santa Clara player. Okay. I guess the coaching was the most impressive. This is what BYU does. Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed by a ton because I expect BYU to uh, kick some butt.
1: When they play yeah, I mean, BYU beats Santa Clara. That's what happens. Even when Santa Clara it's, made their runs, I was like, yeah, it's not really going to matter. BYU beats Santa Clara. It's what they do.
0: At BYU Two the swamp is our elite tweet of the day. Yoli Child's giving rims everywhere nightmares. Does BYU have an official dunks record? I don't know historically, but that was, what, his 50th
1: dunk last night? I think Greg said. That's uh, impressive, right? That's one short of mine, actually. (laughs) It's not. An NBA GM. (laughs) The conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand at BYUSN.com.
0: For Jason, I am Jerem. Shout out to Alma Garrett, BYU Sports Nation, back at it Monday. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 Eastern for BYU versus San Francisco.